librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Elizabeth Partridge, the Adult Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. All right. Um, we are recording today from our own homes. Yes, we are staying home and staying healthy. Yeah, we're doing what Jay said um, and recording this over Skype. So please forgive any drop in audio quality right (laughs) yeah and additional noises that you might not recognize (laughs) i'm on my couch not in a studio and you're at the kitchen table i am sitting in my dining room looking at my children they're being extra quiet i have one dog right next to me and the other dog next to him so we're just really comfortable you need to be comfortable when you're doing a podcast from home. Yeah, it should feel like you're just here hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I can't because you have germs. Well, I think probably you have more germs. Probably. You live, you live with other people, and I'm just here with some dogs. Yeah. You don't know what they've been into, though. Yeah, but they don't have coronavirus. <laughs> no, they've just got other cooties. I'm not talking about, like, whatever, you know, they've been eating outside in the backyard today. Ah, gross. See, I don't think my children have been eating that out in the backyard today, but I I told you right about how I got, like, compost and I put it, like, on top of some raised beds and then it was really hard to get them to stop eating it. Yeah. I don't have that problem with my children. They're really good about <laughs> Not eating stuff out of the compost pile. (laughs) I did, however, uh, get my gardens weeded and ready for planting. I chose um, arugula, mini onions, and some kind of tomato that I've never heard of before. So I'm going to try those three. So I talked to Austin the other day about when I'm supposed to be planting these things, and he said Two of them could get get sown into the ground in April. And I said, but it's still frosty. So he said, yeah, you can wait. <laughs> so I'm going to wait until May and then do You it. can start them inside. I could. I started a bunch of stuff inside. I was thinking because, you know, I bought a bunch of um, starter plants about two years ago, and they come in those little tiny containers that you can – you know, each individual plant. So I think I have a bunch of those that I can use to actually start the tomatoes and stuff in. But as you know, we are um, closed to the public access to anything, and that includes the seeds that Austin has. So he and I are going to chat a little bit tomorrow about how we can maybe disperse some seeds to staff just to get some more out because we want people to use as many as they can. And since we don't know how long we're going to be away from work, it's hard to 
to make a plan where you can disperse them to the public. So, so I might take a couple more things. I was thinking I want hot peppers. He's got a whole drawer of hot peppers. There's a whole drawer of peppers. And then I can make a project out of starting them in my dining room. I took some pumpkins and some sunflowers and a type of zucchini. Those are all things I don't want. We were we were talking about how he has an overabundance of squash plant seeds. I started, I have peas growing in my garden right now because they're like, you can plant them early. So I did. I planted a whole bunch of peas one time and um, with the intention of the children going out and pulling them off. But the kids were like, yeah, we'll eat them. And so I grew them and I put sticks in the ground and they got really tall and really fairy-like with their little tendrils curling off of them. And they didn't eat any of them. They didn't want them. Wow. So I didn't do that again. (laughs) I did plant green beans bushes and I planted a whole bed of eggplant and then a mixed bed with uh, tomatoes, green beans, and green onions. And the deer came into my backyard and I don't have any fencing or anything like that. So the deer came into the backyard and Everything was growing really, really well, and the only thing they ate was the green beans. So I just left them there and let them grow, and every time they came in, they'd only eat the green beans. (laughs) So it served to ward them off of everything else, but I didn't get any green beans. Yeah, I remember that because I brought you some green beans. Exactly. So... Seed library. This is uh, definitely a challenge for our brand new program, but I'm sure it'll recover. Poor Austin. He put so much work into it, too. But it's all good work and it's all good plan, well planned out. And so we can just pick it back up when we come back, which we don't even know when that is, except that the governor says through April 6th is the order. So since we're doing this from home and we're doing this on Skype, I have you on my laptop and I have you only on half of the screen and the other half of the screen, I have my desktop slideshow and it's all tropical beaches. I keep getting distracted. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Well, we aren't doing, like, regular stuff at the library right now, obviously, um, because nothing is regular right now. But we do have some things going on. Mm -hmm. Such as? Uh, Well, I am doing... Story time, three days a week via Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays at 10.30. You can tune into our Facebook, and I read a book and then do, like, a rhyme. Um, and I give some brief instructions for how to create a shaker from a toilet paper roll. So appropriate. So, you know, speaking of which, I will have to go find toilet paper eventually. I certainly hope it's somewhere. I hope so, too. <laughs> I was thinking about, when did I do, I went quarantine prep shopping, mm-hmm. I think on March 3rd. Oh, wow, a long time ago. I was really prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. But I do need to go get some, like, fresh vegetables or something. Yeah, there's tons of produce, too, so really fresh. What's today? The date? The 25th. Mm-hmm. So today would have been the Seed Library kickoff event. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, bummer. Well, we'll do it again. Yeah. What? Well, some of the other things that we're doing at the library while we're um, right. not in the library are uh, we're going to do our podcasts, make sure we 
do those. We are behind one, too, so we should probably make one up. We'll just need to rush production on this one. We'll probably do that. And then the other one is um, Becky made a beanstack reading challenge called I'll Buy Your Shelf. It's available in two groups, one for kids and one for teens and adults. Yeah. And when you get into it, you have to click on the activity badges to see what activities there are. You have to actually click on it to see what your options are. And then she's got it all set up so you can do the activities and then count each one that you do. The other thing that is being offered online is SCORE has converted their seminars that they were going to give this month and for April into webinars so that people can just take their small business preparation classes at home in their comfort of their own living room, dining room, office, wherever they have access to Zoom. They're going to do it through the Zoom platform. So it's a class where you can watch the presentation and then you can ask questions by um, voice or through chat. And the registration is already up and on our webpage. So if you were signed up for our classes when they were a live presentation, you can still go to class but it's going to be online. So go check it out and re-register if you want. That's kind of in conjunction with um, Jennifer is helping me put up all of the small business recovery resources that come across my desk in quotes. Your inbox. My inbox, exactly. CEDC and um, Chamber of Commerce and small business and workforce and work source are all doing everything they possibly can to make sure small businesses have resources available to them to get them through whatever we're going through right now. And so we're trying to compile a an information resource page where we have all of that in one place where people can just go find the links to those different organizations and get themselves set up with the help that they need. Um, and she did a quick update of the kids page. And so there's links to some free databases that we've gotten access to recently. A lot of uh, vendors that, that we work with have opened up their like ebook collections and databases for free for us so we can right. offer it to, to our patrons. So we've got tumble books up on our website um, that you can just click through and access like all these picture books. There's a romance novels, tumble books. So for adults, Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a teen one. And then Gail has given us access to a bunch of databases. And we also, um, if you have your library card, we have tons of resources that you can get into with your library card, too. So mm-hmm. if you go to the longviewlibrary.org page, you can find the 24-7 e-library to find a bunch of links to places you can get more help, more information. If you're looking for places to study, lynda.com is available on your with your library card on the 24-7 e-library in the online databases. And also on the catalog, you can go straight to the catalog and find a link there. But um, lynda.com has access to all kinds of classes, and they range from anywhere from, you know, 15-minute short videos to two-hour-long classes, and you can just browse through there and pick and choose. Oh, and... Scholastic has made their um, learning platforms available for free mm-hmm. for families who have kids that are school age that need to be doing stuff other than video games and television, which, which <laughs> is, is that, directed is directly at my son. <laughs> <laughs> He's been reading all um, day. Today, so that's good. 
That is good. And then yesterday I got an email from Mid America Books that they're allowing us to have access to their ebooks um, as well. So Jennifer's going to be putting that on our website also. That's pretty awesome. The other thing about us not being in the library all the time is that we're not able to answer phone calls um, right now. So you can get online and you can do the ask a librarian option. If you have questions or you need something from us, if you can only call, that's fine. Call, but leave a message because we will answer messages. If you leave your information and include a callback number, we will get back in touch with you as soon as we have your message. So, but if you need our help, go to the ask the librarian form and write your questions or needs, and somebody will get back to you. You can also contact us on Facebook, too. Mm-hmm. That's that's being monitored. Um, yeah. You know, one of the nice things about doing this podcast from my dining table is I have a huge mug of hot cocoa. <laughs> cocoa. Hot cocoa. Pretty soon we'll have board games, and it'll be SpongeBob episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, Jacob was like, um, what are some, you know, we were like brainstorming like services and stuff that programs we could provide online. And he was like, mm-hmm. um, I can make it so people can like watch me play video games. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I do like a tutorial for like Animal Crossing. Yeah, a walkthrough. And it's so funny because we actually have um, an older um, tutor. He does our English conversation classes and he keeps telling right. yeah, Daniel yeah. and me that he wishes we would do walkthroughs for video games. <laughs> <laughs> so we should have. I could have called him up. <laughs> yeah. Jacob's going to be doing a walkthrough. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. Because I know Jacob has every game under the sun, so he could pick and choose <laughs> anything. I actually am sort of happy to have this time not in the library. I mean, it's sad to not be at the library, but it's also kind of nice because I have so much work that – just kind of has to wait till I have the time. And um, so I've got this pile of stuff that I'm working on and I feel really good about it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good opportunity to do the kind of work that I usually, like, you know, put off. Right. So you're doing, like, public programming, that's always, like, the most important thing, you know, because it's, like, in an hour, you got to right. do it. <laughs> um, People will be there. <laughs> they're going to want me to tell them what we're doing since we're not really doing that yeah there's lots of other stuff that it's been on my on the back burner for a long time you're going to record the fish right yes yeah i have a new fish video on fridays you know fish is like a really important part of some children's routines Mm -hmm. um just going to the library saying hello and goodbye to the fish so we are going to have um part of that available on friday do you want to talk about our books now yeah let's talk about our books now so um, we we were going to record this last week, and then we didn't. So the the topic from our uh, reading challenge, which is also something you can be doing um, during the stay-at-home time, mm-hmm. is working on your You Can LPL Reading Challenge 2020, mm-hmm. which is also on our Beanstack, longviewlibrary.beanstack.org. And I think I made registering for that challenge an activity point on the All By Your Shelf Challenge. Did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. made registering for a library program one of them. So, do the reading challenge. But the the category we had decided to talk about was, is a self-help book. Correct. 
And I can tell you about my book. It's been a while since I finished it, though. So we'll just, we'll see what I remember, I guess. Yeah. I hope it was okay. a book on memory. Cultural <laughs> <laughs> memory, maybe. No. So um, I listened to the audiobook, which I got from Libro FM. And, hey, well, let's just plug Libro FM right now. So we yeah, get mine is from there, too. So, yes. Yeah, so we get, um, like, advanced copies of the audiobooks because we're librarians. But what's cool about Libro FM is that um, when you download the app and you – well, you listen in the app, but you have to go to their website um, to, like, make your purchases – but when you do that, you can select an independent bookstore, like a participating bookstore, that gets the um, the sale of you of you buying it. So I know I saw that the bookstore in Castle Rock, I think, is a a the member vault. of Libro FM, the Vault. Yeah. So it's a way to support independent bookstores right now that um, have had to close by listening to audiobooks. Right. So that's a really cool program. Really is. Libro. So the the book that I listen to is called Everyday Umbutu, and it is by Pumalelo Munji Nigomani, and I apologize for butchering her name. Um, She is Archbishop Desmond Tutu's granddaughter. That comes up a lot in the book. (laughs) From the description of the book. It says it is an essential guide to Ubuntu, the South African philosophy, which teaches that our common humanity and interconnectedness is key to living a better life. It's essentially about, like, how to be a good person, like a good community member. And it uses these different examples from mostly from South Africa, but from other, like, she has other little anecdotes and stuff she shares as well. Um, and I think she breaks it down into like 15 principles or points, but I really liked, I really liked it a lot. Uh, it, it gives you like a little bit of a background on what South Africa did, um, after apartheid to kind of like bring the country back together again Mm -hmm. and how they decided that they weren't going to have um, that they weren't going to prosecute people for, I don't know, the the terrible things that they did during that time, and that they would use their like recovery as an opportunity to like understand each other better, whatever side that they had been on. Towards that end, they encouraged people to come and tell their personal stories of the things that they had done or experienced. Um, knowing that they wouldn't be like going to jail for the things that they did so that right. everyone could kind of heal together. And I thought that was a really, um, that was really interesting. And I haven't studied that much at all. So it was kind of like a new thing for me to learn from this book. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, sh- like almost like a radical forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when they had the genocide in, um, Hutu population was, Slaughter. That's Rwanda? Rwanda, that's it, right. Oh, that's Rwanda, yeah. And um, they had that forgiveness program. Yeah, she talks about that in the book as well. I watched a documentary about that, and they had, and it was in more recent times, 
they had them line up in two lines. On one side were the um, accused, and on the other side were the accusers. Mm-hmm. And and they had to come together and hug each other. It was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, after after having your your culture slaughtered, I think that's a pretty big gesture. <laughs> yeah, it's it pretty incredible. And she talks just a lot about um. Is that you? Putting, um, I just got a notification from Slack on my phone. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just our coworkers trying to talk to us. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, about like putting yourself in someone else's shoes and knowing like if I had the privileges that this person had when I acted like this and had like been learned to treat people badly I probably would have also acted like them right which I think is like an incredible way to to like look at someone and think oh if I was them I would have treated me badly too um stop it (laughs) um but it reminded me like of a couple of things and I think it's kind of really relevant to like a you know a situation like we're in globally right now we're all just like I don't know well in this together we are in this together. I think that's the thing that everybody needs to remember is that, you know, we're all trying to make sure that we're all okay. It's not any one person trying to be okay while another person suffers. The The whole point of what we're doing is to make sure everyone is okay. And I think that the more uh, people who recognize that your actions have a direct impact on the health of your neighbor, the better off we would be. What always comes into my mind is that if you are a sick person or an old person, and you catch it because of somebody who is not somebody who is not thinking about beyond themselves and you end up killing somebody because of your actions. You know, how how beyond selfish can you be? Like other things I've been reading about how in times of disaster, I guess, um, there's like a lot for people to learn from communities that have been marginalized in historically or, you know, in the not so distant past. And one article that I had read, I think it was probably in the Seattle Times because I've been obsessively reading the Seattle Times lately, um, was talking about how, like, the Native communities, specifically in, like, Washington, have community knowledge about surviving pandemics and that there's things for the greater community to learn from from them. And that comes up in this book. Anyway, and it also reminds me, so when we went, not you, but like me and Matilda and some other people, went to the Portland Book Festival in November to see, and we were waiting in line to see Rainbow Rowell in the room we were waiting in line with. They had this, like, exhibit up that had, like, big, I don't know, posters or whatever, installations that is like describes different stories of like radical forgiveness. I they had a word for it and I don't remember what it was, but I read some of them and it was like pretty intense stuff. This one person it's like this man killed my son mm. and now I've forgiven him and we're friends. Uh, you see that a lot in those prison things where somebody mm-hmm. somebody is in prison for having murdered somebody else and the family reaches out to forgive. And I think it's a, a healing all the way around kind of thing. Yeah. I'm looking up to see if I can find a different name for radical forgiveness, but I'm just finding radical forgiveness. Maybe the word is Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. But, but it also like encompasses like other kinds of things, too. 
And it's, I really like this book. She gives like big examples. Like this is what this country decided to do. Um, or this is what like Nelson Mandela did. Um, but she also gives like smaller examples of like ways that you can like express those values in your mm-hmm. daily life as well. I think that, you know, as a culture, we're, um, pretty selfish. You know, I think human beings are pretty selfish. And I think that if we, would approach things from a radical forgiveness perspective before we do them. We wouldn't need to have something like radical forgiveness to make up for it later. I think if we would all just be a little more human with each other, or maybe a little less human with each other. <laughs> a little more dog. Yeah, a little more forgiving up front. Then life would be just a little less difficult. Yeah. So. so I recommend this book. Um, I recommend it as an audio book. She's got like a lovely accent um, that makes it just pleasant to listen to also. Mm-hmm. She reads it herself then. That's awesome. She does. I have um, my author also read his book. So shall I jump right into mine? You shall. It looks like there's some sort of buffet happening behind you. <laughs> my Matilda's getting a snack. Oh, she's getting brownies. Oh. Is that not a snack? I was thinking that I was going to make some cookies. Lydia made brownies. I made breadsticks last night because we had stuffed manicotti for dinner, and we didn't have mm. any garlic bread, so I whipped up some breadsticks. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty delicious. Feeling good about that flour purchase. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> made sure to buy flour and you know, chocolate chips and stuff. <laughs> the essentials. The essentials. <laughs> All right. So my book was um, The Leader's Greatest Return, which is um, part of the John Maxwell Leadership Series. If you don't know any of those books, he's written many leadership books, How to Build Your Skills as a an Effective Leader. And this book was actually quite interesting, and it was an audiobook with Libro FM, and he does read it himself, so it kind of it kind of has that seventy year old guy voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I always listen to my books at one point two five or one point five, so it's even better. <laughs> so anyway, um, I actually like this book quite a bit because it talked about the importance of building your own skills, but. It is more about um, you you spend your life building your leadership skills and you you hone those skills that you know are good and you you try to curb those skills that you have that are bad and you try to improve yourself. But why? You know, what's the point of doing it? So he talks about how you should take all of these skills that you're learning and then find other people who have some of those skills inherently and teach them how to be better at being effective leaders. So it was really good. I actually liked it quite a bit. It He also referred many times to the 360-degree leader, and it has a workbook that goes with it. So I also found those on Hoopla. And downloaded those to take a look and see if there was homework <laughs> that I could do from the past books that he has written to see what areas. 
And I think I guess I should preface this with we're in a huge training mode right now at work, and we're trying to make sure everybody has ample skills to not just do their jobs, but to also be better. You know, I, I, I don't know any other way to say that. I mean, we're striving for people to, to reach inside themselves and, and do their jobs as well as they can and be representatives of the library as well as they can. And so we're trying to give everybody tools that they can grab and use and build from. And I think that this leadership series is great for those people who are feeling upwardly mobile and wanting to have gains in their career and uh, watch their professional lives grow rather than just stop. So, I don't know, I thought it was great. I, I learned quite a bit, and I have um, lots of ideas. What is the name of the book that you were talking about? It's The Leader's Greatest Return. And you know, obviously, you're talking a return on investment in that title. So it's... So what is The Leader's Greatest Return? Succession of strong leaders taking your place when you leave. Mm-hmm. The whole point is succession planning. You know, you, you feel like you've gotten your company or your your organization to a point where it's healthy and thriving and everybody is working toward the same vision and goals, but then you leave. And if you don't plan for that and if you don't build people and their skills, then you're just leaving them to fail. So the whole idea is kind of like, I don't know if you've been watching Warren Buffett and he wrote a letter in December to all of his stakeholders saying that he, the company is more than prepared to lead without him and it will continue to be successful even after he is gone. I mean, it's taking into consideration everything that you've contributed and then finding the people who can continue to grow and support what you started, but grow their own things later as well. And the idea is that you instill in them this sense of responsibility to continue to grow the next generation. So you have this succession of, of effective and efficient and positive leadership throughout time. So, which to me sounds ideal. And planning. Yeah, I love planning. Planning and spreadsheets. Bring them on. So um, you've read other John C. Maxwell books? Um, I have, and um, and I plan to finish these other two that I have uh, checked out. So the 360-degree leader. And the John Maxwell books, we have several of them in the small business collection, mm-hmm. and several of them are available through both Hoopla and Libby. So if you want to get your hands on them. Now, I will say this. There are things in there that he believes that I don't believe, but there's a lot of really good, solid, commonsensical ideas and thoughts for building your own personal skills and understanding where you come from as your style and and how you need to address other people with different styles. I mean, he has a lot of that information available for you to build on. There's a lot of good information, and there's some stuff that you're like, well, I'll just skip over that. (laughs) I choose to to skip that. And so, but I think that's the case with any any book um, about improvement, self-improvement or learning. You find the things that resonate with you, and you build on those. And then those things that are a little less important to you, you don't need to dwell on. You just need to skip over them and go to the things that are important. So I would say that I recommend this book. I recommend how I actually like the idea of leadership that he presents. It's it's definitely about doing what you know is right. 
and I, I, that resonates with me really, really strongly. And so, um, I, it might not resonate as strongly with others who might not have the same basic belief of what your role is. I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't have, don't have like a basic sense of ethics. Just like any other self-help book, and this is any area of self-help, you have to make the things work for you. You know, you can't just blindly say, I'm going to do everything that this person I never met tells me to do because they have all the answers. That's not what self-help books are for. Self-help books are there to teach you different ways of seeing things. And you evaluate how that works for your situation. You don't just blindly jump in and go do, you know, whatever the newest fangled diet is because the biggest celebrity on the planet says to go and do it in their new little self-help book. That's not the point. Self-help is exactly that. (laughs) Self-help. So, like, a year ago, a year ago, I started listening to... Um, you are a badass by Jensen Sarah, and I hated it. I stopped reading it like pretty quick, and I was like, "This lady is nonsense." Although I know, like a lot of people really like her a lot, and then I read a lot of reviews, and they're like, "Get past this nonsense." Mm -hmm. And then there's like some quality advice in the back end, and I was like, "I don't have time for that." (laughs) Exactly. Well, see, and that's just it. And I think, I think that. It's got to be right at the beginning. You got to feel like this has something for you. I mean, but that's with any book. You know how I am. If the beginning of any book doesn't resonate with me, I toss it. I'm done with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, I don't like that typically. I know. I mean, I'll usually stick with something. But this was like, she was like, she's telling her own like personal, personal story of how, of, of her like come to self-help. And she and she was like into like vibes. Send out the right vibes, then you get the vibes back. And so she wanted a new car, so she was like just gonna send out new car vibes and just buy one, even though she didn't have a job and couldn't afford it. I was like, that's terrible advice. That's not a self-help book for you. I mean, that's not gonna help you at all, right? But it's still in the same classification, so. Somebody liked it. Somebody got something out of it. Somebody found it helpful, but not you. Yeah, well, exactly. So not every book that is a self-help book is for every person. And sometimes, even though it's the area that you want to study, the way that it's presented or the tone the author gives, you don't like. So you just let it go. Go find another one. What do you do? You let it go. (laughs) Do I need to put Frozen on? Am I allowed to? It's interesting how many companies, organizations, entities have recognized that it's more important to help people than it is to make money. And that mm-hmm. I, that I hope is something that people remember after this, that it's okay to not have all the money in the world. It's okay. <laughs> just, just my two cents worth. Yeah, that's a good two cents. So we're going to have to wrap it up because I have another meeting in about 15 minutes. So isn't that funny? I'm so busy while I'm in my dining room. (laughs) I have a meeting later too. Yes, but yours is different. Mine is actually, hopefully I can add some information tomorrow after this meeting because it's the Washington Library's work. And we're going to try to figure out how we can best help 
displaced workers find the resources they need in their communities to either get an unemployment benefits or hook up with another job or something. So hopefully good news will come from this meeting. Yeah, that just reminds me that for my meeting, I need to be drinking more water and maybe not ginger ale. Yes, and you probably need to eat a snack because it'd be a shame for you to pass out. I've never passed out. Anything else to add? Um, so next time, next time we're going to be talking about family secrets. A book with a family secret. <laughs> Thanks. It was that glazed <laughs> overlook that <laughs> made me think you might. It was need like we talked about it for a while. <laughs> what have you said? Yeah, we're not going to talk about our own family secrets. We're gonna no. Talk about All right. Anyway, so we'll do that next time. Good. And uh, we're we're uh, making up for lost time, so you might hear one quicker than has been. Yeah. If we can figure it out. For sure. Figure yeah. out our 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 schedules. I'm gonna say thanks for listening to your shelf or mine. I'm Becky. Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. Studio time for Your Shelf or Mine is donated by KLOG, Cook and Country, and 101.5 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McEldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McEldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry.